Shalom Chaverim. Welcome to another Rabbi Book Live, Rabbi Block Live. It's Wednesday night here in D.C. The sun is setting. It's a beautiful red sunset um, facing towards the west. So, so the trees are, are blocking the sunset. I want to give a few minutes for people to decide to, to listen. I'm not sure of the, the topic. What I'd like to call it is Jews are called the people of the book. The book. Now, for many people, the book has a specific meaning. Oh, I'm wearing a white shirt and the comments are in white, so please bear with me tonight. They're not quite that easy to read, and it may take me a moment to pick up on your questions. People of the book. Now, our first thought is, well, the book is the Bible. Well, maybe the book is the Torah. Um, maybe it's the Tanakh, which are all all the books of the... But maybe it's Talmud. Uh, could it be Mishnah? I don't think they're referring to Midrash. I think, however that when Jews are called the people of the book, it's because we study and there are a lot of books in Judaism. And it's kind of awkward to say Jews are people of the books. So we just leave it at book. The Torah, uh, the first five books of the Bible, it's the same for everybody. The acronym for scripture is called Tanakh. Ta is for Torah. Na is Nevi'im, the books of the prophets, the Hebrew prophets, and Kituvim are the books of writings, all the rest of the books. And the, our Christian brothers and sisters refer to the Old Testament. And in Judaism, we refer to that as Hebrew scripture and Greek scripture, since both of those terms are rather neutral. And it doesn't convey anything about anyone's beliefs. Those are the academic words. But I often use the word Old Testament and New Testament because that's what people are familiar with. Well, Jews are people of the books. We have lots of books. One of the misunderstood, maybe the most misunderstood, and I hear this quite often, is Kabbalah. The Kabbalah. Now, there are many English books. Five tips for... Oh, handling anger. I think the best way to handle anger is something that Grandma taught us. Count to ten. Count to twenty. Now, are you talking about immediate... Someone cut you off in traffic ahead of a line, something like that, or is it long and festering anger uh, over time? And maybe we'll spend a session dealing with how we deal with our inner feelings. How The first step is to recognize that I'm having this feeling about something. But you know, let's talk about people of the book, and I'll make a note and put together something for how we deal with anger. And because as a behavioral therapist spending 40 years 
in a psychiatric hospital as a therapist, as a chaplain, we do have techniques that we teach people. And it doesn't really lend itself to a, a quick two, three minute, but certainly I could put something together for 30 minutes. Even though he may delay, she may delay, I'm still waiting for the Messiah. So getting back to people of the book, one of the most misunderstood is Kabbalah. There's no such book as the Kabbalah. There is the Mishnah. Midrash is a genre. You have to tell me, is it the great Midrash? Is it the Midrash on a particular book? You have to qualify it because it's a genre. The Mishnah, the Talmud, those are books. However, the word Kabbalah comes from the Hebrew word Kabbal, meaning receive, likabel, to receive. So Kabbalah means the received tradition. And in Judaism, Kabbalah has come to mean that branch of Judaism, which we label as mysticism. However, there isn't a specific book, even though you may see the titles in English or someone may call it Kabbalah or the Kabbalah. No, it doesn't exist. And so I had someone embarrass themselves the other day by writing to me that the book, the Kabbalah, was the work of the devil. It's not the work of the devil. It's not a book. It's a huge branch. It would be like saying mathematics is the work of the devil. Science is stupid. I wouldn't say that. That's why I don't like to see people embarrass themselves because they haven't done either enough research or enough studying to know what question they really want to ask. Mysticism is just one of the branches of Judaism, but it's not like reform. It's not like conservative. It's not like orthodox renewal, reconstruction. It's not an organized group. Rather, mysticism is a way of thinking, a way of approaching Judaism, a way of understanding the one. And all branches of Judaism have mystic elements. It doesn't mean they're, they're bad. It doesn't mean you can't make blanket statements because there are mystic teachers who, I don't have a clue what they're talking about. And then there are some mystic teachers that I can pick up bits and pieces. And I've had some really good teachers. Now, if that person had said to me, well, Yefe Yetzirah, the book of formation, is a scary book then or it's really how to under, hard to understand this mystic it's not a very long book for mysticism then we could we could pick this up and talk about it as opposed to making a blanket statement about now the Zohar is a midrash is a commentary and it's a mystical commentary so if we're looking for Maybe a place to start, a source, we definitely want to read the Zohar. However, we run into a problem. Because without a competent teacher, the Zohar is coded. Its words don't mean what the words mean. They're euphemisms, they're substitute language. Not a secret code as in taking over the universe or the, saving the galaxy. Not that kind. But rather, for the people that wrote it, they wrote it for the initiated. That's the word. The Zohar is a, where am I from? 
I'm a Bostonian, second generation. The Zohar is a midrash, a commentary on the Torah that was written by a group of individuals who found a way to attain God that we label as mystic. There's nothing evil in it. There's nothing bad in it. However, the problem being, if you pick up a translation, it makes sense, but you're not understanding it because, for example, I'm out here on the lanai. Oh, I bet you thought a lanai was some Hawaiian thing. No, I'm on the porch. I'm on the veranda. I know what I'm referring to. However, when you hear those words, you conjure up something, and maybe not how I'm using it. And so, if I were to write about this evening and say, yeah, I started my live broadcast at 8 p.m. out on the lanai, and people are going to look at my background or look and say, that's not what they envisioned because they think of it as a wave. You know, you know what a wave is, don't you? That's the grassy area around a sundial. Everybody knows that. You see what I mean? We can use words that have meaning for the initiated, for those that understand. And then if someone else picks it up without a teacher, then... I was listening to Elton John this afternoon. Someone asked me my favorite. Uh, and just asked if I'm either secular or orthodox is not fair because those aren't the only two choices. One can be very Jewish and not orthodox. I'm very Jewish. I'm not orthodox. So don't let's not put those kinds of labels. And again, isn't that what we're talking about? Using words for specific kind meaning. And we know, but... Does the listener understand? And isn't that the, the goal of language is to exchange? And if I use language that you don't understand, then we, you need to tell me and I need to change something to get my ideas across. I think judging is a serious, gets us into serious trouble judging people as religious, not religious, orthodox, not orthodox. We just are. And we have our relationships. Now, the Zohar. The Zohar is Midrash. What's Midrash? The Hebrew root, Dirash, Lidrosh, means to draw out, to pull out, to learn, to teach. So the Zohar is a way to understand the Torah according to mystical teachings. And that's why you need a teacher, a guide. You need someone, because otherwise you're going to miss the, not just the nuances, you're going to miss the meaning. And some of the meaning is very, very obscure. Sefer Yetzirah, the Book of Formation. Wonderful book about being able to predict the future. Tell where we came from. Tell what guides us. Tell where we're going. Now, it assumes that we have a basic belief or understanding, and therefore this is going to help us. Let's say for Yetzirah. 
Now, if that person had said to me, as I mentioned, let's look at it, we could each pick up our copy, kind of stumble through it. But a more important work by one of our great mystics is Tapuach Zahav Bamischiyot Kesev, which means the apple, the golden apple that is wrapped in silver. And the author took this from Proverbs 24.11. Great book on mysticism. Two volumes. And the author was kind enough to include in the book a chart to help us understand See what I mean? Without a guide? Without someone to help us? Um, angels and attributes and what am I reading? And the and Kabbalah, Jewish mysticism, really requires a guide or a teacher. And so to make outlandish and ridiculous charges, it's the work of the devil, it'll lead you astray, it'll teach you the meaning of life. Um, please don't embarrass yourself. I don't like to see anyone embarrass himself. If you're going to... I can read it better on my own. If you're going to want to learn about mysticism, please, rabbiblock at hotmail.com and we'll set up a class. I can at least introduce you to some of the ideas of what the mystics were doing and some of the mystical... And we can even look at the Zohar if you're actually interested. It's all possible. We, we can do that. People of the book. And so, what I've been talking about is mysticism and the Zohar. And then, as I pointed out, I have two books right here that one of them is a very deep, deep book that I only understand bits and pieces of. That's the two, that's the two volume. The golden apple wrapped in silver. This is serious mysticism written for the initiated. Not for the casual reader to re understand it. Isaac Luria was one of our great mystics and his teachings are something a lot of us can understand. So if you're interested if you're interested in Jewish mysticism look up Isaac Luria and see who has books about him and his teachings because one of the things Isaac Luria was doing was introducing Kabbalah, that's just mysticism to all of us and not just to the initiated. Now, all religions have a mystic element or component. It's not the work of the devil. It's not bad. It's another way to attain God. And if you like to think about it, it's there's normative, normal, I don't mean that in, in any kind of a value way. No, no, no. Normative meaning what most people who follow the religion believe. And that's what m most churches, synagogues, temples, and most religions 
have. So it's, it's what people follow. The mystics within any given religion are another way to attain the one, to attain God, but not through the same normal, not through the same average, not through the way most of us do. And very often, we incorporate these mystical elements into our regular service. And they're wonderful ways to understand God in another way. Now, sometimes they border on a cult. And here's a caveat. We have to be careful of cults. We have to be careful of those teachers that would suck us in by telling us, I can solve America's problems. I can solve your personal problems. I, if you put me in charge, and this is what's wrong with America. This is what's wrong with Catholicism. This is what's wrong with Judaism. But only I can fix it, but you have to put me in charge. Run, don't walk the other way. Because that's a beginnings of a cult. They're part of a cult. And one of the hallmarks of a cult is difficulty leaving. You being told that you are wrong and I'm the only one that's right. Telling you you can't talk to your family. Don't listen to ministers, priests, or rabbis. Don't listen to the other politicians. Don't listen to anyone else. Only I can solve the problems. That is the key. That's the beginning of someone wanting to draw you into a cult. Why? Nobody has the answer. Nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. We're in with some are bad, some are good. Most of us have done the best we could. And that's the reality. And to say that if you put me in charge, then I can fix everything. Mm -mm. And also one of the hallmarks of the cult is they are wrong and I'm right. Rather than there are many ways to analyze and think and in whose vested interest is this, whose ox is being gored. It's the more simplistic something is presented, the more it's apt to be a cult. Whether it's a politician, whether it's a religious leader. We have to reach our understanding of the one. I'm with God. Allah. Whatever term. Remember last week I talked to, about the Messiah, Mashiach ben David, the Mahadi, someone who will deliver us or set up God's kingdom on earth. And you'll notice that all the religions are talking about this spiritual figure. They're not saying, I'm going to do it. And that's when you have to run, not walk the other way. Because that's the mark of a cult. When the person sets them up in the role that religion places on the Messiah. Remember, the Messiah is an agent of God, to come from God, a messenger. And I am not so ridiculous to say that I know what God wants. I have my understanding of God, and I teach it. I'm explaining it. But I'm not going to tell you that I know what God wants you to do, but so you have to listen to me. There's another mark of a cult. Again, all religions have it. Democrats, Republicans, independents, libertarians. Doesn't matter who it is. There's somebody out there running for an office on a school board, on a local county 
executive, the county council, the HOA, who will give you, that's one of the warning signs. No, we're in this together. Come, let us reason together, says God. What could be a better statement? Let's reason together. Let's address the problem. And so, uh, mysticism, Kabbalah, the Jewish mystic tradition, they looked at the way lots of Jews were observing Judaism, and they said there's nothing wrong with that, but that's only on a, a surface level. There's more going on underneath these levels. The sod, the remis, different levels. And so the mystics didn't say people were wrong. They, they teach us, how do I go down the levels to get closer to the one? How do I go down the levels to get closer to God? That's what the mystic is looking at. And you don't have to do that. You can unite with God on the Peshat. On the level, on the first level, looking out the window, looking at the trees, the sunset. Well, the sunset, the sky's no longer the bright red that it was. And I was a little concerned being out here on the, the porch, the veranda, the lanai. It can't be a wave because wave requires grass and a sundial. So I'm not going to use that word, but one of the others. I'm out here. I was concerned that I wouldn't get enough light and the uh, the lights on my fans, but this appears okay. I, I, it looks good. Uh, no, I'm in Flor- not in Florida. I'm in the nation's capital. And I bring you greetings from the District of Columbia, the capital of the United States. L'chaya. Back to Kabbalah. So, there is the Peshat, the level that we experience with our eyes and ears and smell and touch. Okay. The mystics believed and taught there are other levels of reality that we can experience. But we can't experience them by worshipping the way we've been worshipping, singing the songs we've been singing. We need to do something different, another way. And that's why there's no one such thing as Kabbalah. There's no book called the the Kabbalah because the mystics themselves never agreed because each one had an individual experience with God. Each one had an individual experience with these levels and they're sharing it. And then some of them had similar experiences and could describe some of the same levels. But unlike biology or science, geology, where we can agree to terms and study and we can use the electron microscope, we can use CAT scans, we can use all kinds of of scanning equipment and electronics, and we can come up with uh, a lot of ways to analyze physical reality. The mystic said that's physical reality, but there's a spiritual reality out there. Because we're spiritual beings having a material experience. And so, Kabbalah, mysticism, is a way to attain 
a way to get at the spiritual experience, the spiritual levels that are out there. And it's not limited to any one way, any wrong way. And to condemn and say it's the work of the devil or it's going to lead you astray, now you're embarrassing yourself. Truly. Just like saying the Jews killed Jesus, you're embarrassing yourself. Just like saying there's a world Zionist conspiracy, don't embarrass yourself, please. Please don't. Do a little research and studying. Seichel, God gave you something here to analyze and not so quickly believe what you read or what's... Remember, I keep telling you, I don't want you to believe me. See if what I'm saying is consistent with external reality. See if the things I'm teaching correspond to your own experiences. But you have to have those experiences and you have to stay open. You can't decide I'm wrong and te- teaching whatever. That, that, no, that's not what I say when I say don't believe me. Test it. See if it corresponds. What temperature does water boil at? Get a thermometer and boil water. See. I can tell you water boils at five degrees. Okay? Be ridiculous. Test it. But don't just assume I'm right or I'm wrong. See if it corresponds to your experience, to what you see out there. Look, I am. And that's the ultimate test. And if they, you're going to hear someone claim that Kabbalah is the work of the devil and will lead people astray, I have to ask them, have you read Sefer Yitzhiha? It's a Kabbalistic book. Have you read the Zohar? Have you read Golden Apples Wrapped in Silver? Have you studied these documents to be able to reach the conclusion? Or did somebody say it, you latched on to it, and it was kind of neat. I remember when Kennedy was running for president. And remember, I'm Bostonian. And the big cry was, the Pope is going to run the United States. You can't elect a Catholic president. It'll be the Pope will be the president, blah, blah, blah. None of that turned out to be true. And it wasn't true when they said it. But people were looking for a way to discredit Kennedy. So they zeroed on on his being a Roman Catholic. They didn't do any research to embarrass themselves. They didn't do any studying. They didn't look and see where, where he got his ideas, what he was promoting, and his relationship with the Vatican. No. That's my caveat for you this evening. There's an election coming, and there's some serious trials coming. And so, let's all of us be alert, be aware, not just to accept what we see or hear, not on one station. Don't listen to any one channel. You have to listen to many of them. And listen to the BBC. See what they're saying in Europe about our country. And that's the key to avoiding a cult. Is to get different opinions, different views, and then use your seichel, use your intelligence to come up with some conclusions and then not be led by the nose because you heard something, someone said something, or I'm going to solve your problems by doing this. No. Be very careful, because we're going to be seeing a lot of advertising that's going to make a villain out of everybody. 
We're going to see a lot of advertising telling us that this one person will deliver us, will be the hero. Only one can deliver us. The Mahadi, the Messiah, Mashiach ben David. That's the only one, not a politician. We're looking for a politician who's a diplomat, who can lead us, who we can be proud of. Who we can be proud when they go to foreign countries. When foreign countries write about our president, they say, great, they don't have to agree, but they can say, we have to listen. He has something to say to us. And that's what I want all of us to do. And don't fall for the Kabbalah is the work of the devil or the demons or anyone else. If you would like to discuss it, Rabbi Block at Hotmail.com. We'll set up a time, we'll look at Jewish mysticism. And I would say that about the Catholic Church as well. The Episcopal Church, the Baptist Church, any of, any of our religious organizations. Don't jump on the bandwagon. Don't get right away all bent out of shape. Do a little research. Do a little studying. And again, see if what's being said is consistent with reality, with what's going on, and with your own life, and with what's happened in your life. Um, this concludes our... My rabbi... My rabbi... My email, R-A-B-B-I-B-L-O-C-K, rabbiblock at hotmail.com. Someone just asked me to do I'm holding up my hand because I'm wearing a light-colored shirt. Now, Satan, in the book of Job, Satan is one of God's friends. But it's 8.30. So let's begin next week with Satan in Judaism. Thank you for putting up with me for a half hour. <laughs>